The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Our readings today, especially our first reading and our Gospel, show us a single location on two different Sundays and at two different times of day. In our gospel reading, it is the evening, the evening of that first day of the week, that first, that original Easter Sunday that new day which the church has proclaimed, this is the day that the Lord has made, that great new Sunday which inaugurates the new creation in Jesus Christ. All things are made new in his resurrection, and the Lord arrives at a room, the place of the supper, the place of mass, the place where the Lord gave his body and blood to his disciples on the night before he died. And in that room is his church, his apostles, and the doors are locked, and they are locked inside, and the dangers of the world are kept outside, and their fear keeps them inside. And it is into this room on the night of Easter Sunday that the Lord arrives. And arriving in that room, there is the joy of his risen presence breaking into the fear of his disciples. And the Lord imparts his first gifts to his church. The first thing being his peace the peace that stills fear, the peace that doesn't take the danger out of the world, but settles the heart to live in a dangerous world without being overcome by its fear, by its uncertainty, by its anxiety. And this gift is so important that the Lord gives it twice. First a peace that allows the joy of seeing him, and then a peace 
that allows the receiving of an additional, even greater gift, that of the Holy Spirit. And so into this locked room on the hearts of those who were overcome by so many things in this small place, the Lord says, receive the Holy Spirit, I am sending you. And note what that implies. Sooner or later, the door has to get opened, and you've got to leave the safe space. Sooner or later, you will go. And now we jump ahead. Fifty days have passed, and we're back in that room, that same room where the Last Supper took place that same room whose doors were locked out of fear, that same room where the Lord appeared on the night of Easter Sunday. And seven full weeks have passed, and they are there on a Sunday in the place of Mass, and they are at prayer. And the church can fit in a room. Think about that for a moment. The church fits in a single room. And so it is, in quiet confidence, not fear, the church is at prayer. Because the Lord has said, I will send my spirit and you will receive power. And don't leave until it happens. So the church that knows it must leave that room, the church that knows it must go forth, prays. And amazingly, remarkably, as they pray, just like in a no small measure like we experienced here a few minutes ago, we had the chanting of the sequence, that beautiful hymn for Pentecost, Come, O Holy Spirit. And notice how still, how quiet everything was here. That was the silence of prayer, calling out ardently to heaven that filled that room on that morning 2,000 years ago. And roughly at about 9 a.m., the building begins to shake. Nothing else, just the building. The building begins to shake. And even though they were inside and we are outside, it was windier in that room than it is here. It was sunnier in that room than it is here today. As the wind swirls around them and the light of fire flashes above them. Imagine that. Indoors with a sunlight greater than the sunlight we sit in now, windier than any wind we've ever felt here on the rock. And those of you who pray with us regularly know we've been out here on some really windy days. Note how marvelous this is. It's as if outside is now inside. Because heaven truly descends in power over earth in this little space where the church fits. And after all of this happens, the door opens and the church spills out of the room 
And in much the same way that we stood up and we acclaimed our Alleluia after that silence, the silent church steps out into the world with the great Alleluia of the victory of Jesus Christ. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, the church founded by Jesus Christ fit in a room. And today, that church spans the entire globe. No mere room can contain it. From that little room went forth a handful, small in number, of no great status or importance or fame in the large, frightening world out into which they stepped. They bore no material wealth. They could make no legal decisions. And yet they stepped out into the world, and the world itself became different because they did so. And we're here because of that Sunday 2,000 years ago. How absolutely remarkable that is. That is what we celebrate today. The birth, the going forth, the mission of the church from that little room which contained it to this wide world which it now encompasses and in some way and closes. Those men who stepped out of that room, those women who stepped out of that room with them, no great education, and yet now able to speak in such a way that all of the cultures of the world could hear and understand them. The great miracle of speech on Pentecost is remarkable. And notice how careful St. Luke is in the Acts of the Apostles not to say that when Peter began speaking, he spoke many languages. Rather, as he goes out and begins to announce the great things of God, he simply speaks. But he speaks in such a way that it didn't matter the language of his audience. They all heard. They heard in their native tongue as he simply spoke. And what do we see here? The Spirit gifting the church with the ability to reach all hearts, not just some. Not just the Jewish heart or the Greek heart. Not a message that is tailored simply to the culture but rather a truth that is so mighty it touches the depth of humanity that lives in every culture, that expresses itself in every language. What a mighty word that is. A word that arrives not primarily to the ear, but a message that lodges itself in the heart of its hearer. The Lord, who gifted his church with his peace, fills it with his spirit that now in this peace and from this peace it goes into a world 
with an oddly forceful word that plants a peace beyond all understanding in the heart of man. What a great mystery this is. What a great thing this is. And as the Lord tells his church that he will send them, as the Father sends me, so I send you. And he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. He says one more thing which is absolutely remarkable. Whose sins you forgive will be forgiven. Notice what he didn't say. Whose sins I forgive will be forgiven. And he doesn't say whose sins God forgives will be forgiven. That's what we'd expect to hear, right? Go and bring forgiveness in my name is what we would expect. And note what he says, though. Receive the Holy Spirit whose sins, not me, but you forgive, will be forgiven. And he says then to his disciples that you who move in my spirit, you, my church, you, my faithful, God himself will acknowledge your forgiveness. What a mighty gift that is. And small wonder we would need the help of the Holy Spirit because forgiveness is not easy. And yet note, it is not simply that I am reconciling the world, the Lord says. I send my church to go and do likewise. And in my spirit, into this violent, frightened, fragile, afflicted, guilt-ridden world, go and forgive because much needs to be forgiven. Go and do that. In a world that would rather act with vengeance, go and forgive. And note how beautiful that is, that the heart of man becomes reconciled to God and to himself. And in doing so, the salvation that Christ spilled his blood to win comes to us because he dies to save us from our sins. And now the Lord says, don't simply announce salvation. Bring it. Bring salvation. And salvation implies forgiveness. How absolutely wonderful. And in just a couple minutes, that same Lord Jesus Christ who said to his church those beautiful words is going to be right here on this altar. And once again, he will give us the gift of his peace. And he will come off this altar because by the power of the Holy Spirit that he sent on his church, bread and wine will be transformed into his body and his blood. And that same spirit who gathered us all here today will invite us forward to come stretch out our hands and receive him who is our peace and our forgiveness.
and our healing. And at the end of Mass, I'm going to tell you to go. And that doesn't mean I want to get rid of you. <laughs> but it is to go, the, the words are, go in peace, in the peace that you've received, in the goodness that you've received, in the forgiveness that you've received here. And like that church that once fit in a room in Jerusalem, go from here out into the world and bring the touch of this gospel and this forgiveness and this peace and this goodness to a world that so desperately needs it. How wonderful it is. Because we recognize today we don't just remember an event from the past, but that the reality we celebrate is with us here, even today, even now. Amen.